Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart. Welcome back to episode number 82 of Speaking from the Heart. And this is an episode that will strike you to the heart because of what this next guest on our show will be sharing with us today. My guest is Elizabeth Meggs, and she is an overcomer and a fighter who knows her purpose is to inspire, provide hope, and encourage those going through the toughest challenge of their lives not to give up. She was born and raised in a small rural town in southeast Kansas where her family raised horses, and she was always an outdoorsy type of girl who enjoyed fishing and riding her horse. Her dreams and goals were coming true when the world was turned upside down in a car accident one week into her first year of high school. That night, everything for her and her family stopped abruptly, and she learned from that moment on how to overcome the hard obstacles, but deep down knew there was a purpose for all that she was going through. Not only did her dreams change, but a new purpose was revealed. So no matter whether you're dealing with job loss, a failed marriage, a divorce, an abusive marriage or relationship, physical challenges, or other setbacks, the natural solutions and strategies she teaches as a coach that she does today in her work can help you stay focused on achieving your dreams. Now, I have to say that even with all these things that I've shared about her bio, nothing will compare to the fact that in this interview, I have never been struck by so many different things that have happened to a guest, but yet has kept on getting back up and kept on persevering no matter what, and has such a positive outlook that to me, it just shows that even with the severe things that we go through in our lives, it's just a matter of what kind of attitude that you take in order to keep moving forward. I will say in this episode that it might be a little bit hard for you to understand what Beth is saying, but you'll quickly understand why once we start getting into the conversation. So I encourage you, if you need to, please use the episode notes that are located on my website, speakingfromtheheart.captivate.fm, or visit my webpage, www.yourspeakingvoice.biz slash podcast, in which you can access the link directly. I think that you will be blown away by this woman's tenacity to keep moving forward. But with that, let's go to the episode. All right, we have Elizabeth Meggs with us. Elizabeth, thanks for sharing your heart with us today. Thank you very much for allowing me this opportunity to share my heart with you and all of your listeners. I'm excited to be here today. I am so excited just because of our conversation before we even got started today to talk to you, and I'm really pumped. So, Elizabeth, I love asking this question when I start out with guests. Can you tell us a little bit about your backstory, as in how it got you to where you are today? Because as I shared with the audience already, you're an inspirational speaker. You do a lot of awesome things for what you do to serve others in that realm. But can you tell us a little bit about yourself to kind of get the picture of essentially why you're doing what you're doing today? Sure, I would love to. So I was a beautiful 14-year-old girl. I was chasing after my goals and my dreams of becoming a country music singing star. I had been performing and singing since the age of seven, taking voice lessons. I was known for my voice. I was very popular, played every sport, cheerleader, 
everyone wanted to be my friend. I always had a boyfriend. In the spring of my eighth grade year, in fact, my voice teacher saw my gifts, my talents, and she arranged for me to be in a recording studio cutting a demo tape. I had professional pictures taken with everything moving full speed ahead for me to graduate high school and move to Nashville to pursue my singing career. But then one week into my freshman year of high school, my life was completely turned upside down when I was severely injured in a car accident. My best friend, her mom, was driving us to the movies when all of a sudden we were struck from behind, which sent us into a tailspin and then proceeded into a barrel roll multiple times. With every roll, my head was at the point of impact. Wow. I had to be cut from the vehicle, resuscitated multiple times at the scene. Then I was transported by ambulance to the nearest rural hospital that was not equipped to take care of all of my health needs. So I was then life flighted to the nearest trauma center an hour and a half away by car. My parents were given a very dim prognosis, less than a 25% survival rate. My brain was swelling rapidly and the doctors didn't give me much hope. I was placed in a drug-induced coma, which I would remain for three weeks. Once I came out of my coma, I basically was reduced to that of an infant and I had to relearn to do everything again. I couldn't even set up on the edge of the bed by myself. Wow. Therapists would get me into the recliner at my bedside and I would stay the sit up for 30 minutes and then sleep the rest of the day. It was going to be a long road of therapy and intensive rehab in order to get me back to caring for myself again independently. Wow. First off, wow. I mean, to have that kind of trauma early on in life, let alone have it that you have to relearn everything, especially at a young age, I can only imagine the difficulty that you've had to go through to get to this point, which... I have to tell you, it was shocking to me to even just hear that because I've known of people that have been in traumatic accidents, gotten out of the cars, no injury whatsoever. And for you to go and have this opposite sort of situation happen to you. I mean, I I noticed that you grew up in southeast Kansas and you said something along the lines of not really having that ability to really get a really good medical treatment, I guess, as a result of that. I mean, if things were different, even if you had the best of care, do you think that you would have had a different life? Would you have been able to be a country singer? I mean, do you feel that that would have been your calling? If not, do you feel like you're fulfilled with what you're doing now as a result? Oh, definitely. As I reflect back on my life, my experience with singing actually all leads up to me being a speaker on a stage because I know how to work a room. I know how to work an audience and make them feel like I'm singing directly to them. I spoke in May of 2023 and a couple of people from the audience said, Beth, I felt like you were speaking directly to me. There's a room full of us right here, but 
you spoke directly to me. So it all definitely led up to what my purpose was as a result of this accident. Walk us through what it meant to be rehabilitated because you started to mention some of those things like relearning the aspects of poly speaking which i'm sure our audience has already noticed there's a little bit of a difference between some of our guests that we've had and what you go through and that's to commend you for the fact that you're able to have conversations with people that is incredible in itself i have to commend you for working so hard and being persistent but outside of that from what we can hear what other things have you had to go through and relearn? I had to relearn everything. It was 43 days before I even spoke a word because of the ventilator that was in place for two and a half weeks. My vocal cords were very weak. So when I did speak for the first time, my voice was nothing but a whisper. And it would be months before I would be able to talk in full sentences without my voice cutting out. It was a long road. And honestly, the rehab portion and the relearning to walk and care for myself again, being either able to bathe myself, dress myself, that was not the most difficult part of any of this. It wasn't until I was back in school after three months of hospitals and intensive rehab that I discovered that I was going to be facing the biggest challenges of my life. I was not the same girl that I was before the accident. I was a new person and I had to rediscover who I was. I wasn't able to sing. I could barely speak sentences without my voice cutting out. My parents actually had begun to wonder if I would ever speak again. They were concerned because of the fact that I was known for my voice. Everyone knew me for my voice. That's who I was. Once I got back into school, my life was over. My friends' lives had gone on. They were still playing the sports we loved, still going out on the weekends, working their part-time jobs. I had to do outpatient therapy after school every day of the week. We had to hire tutors to help me to stay caught up with my classes. My mom had to help me with all of my homework. She had to read everything to me so that I could remember it in order to pass my classes. I was alone and isolated. I dealt with judgment because people would see something physically wrong with me. And if they didn't know me before the accident, they would decide that I wasn't worth their time. That hurt. Man, I feel like I can resonate with that so much. I've always been overweight. My listeners have heard this in other episodes about my struggles with school and trying to deal with bullies and trying to overcome that stigma of what other people were saying about me or judging me, I can so relate to what that feeling is, which it took me decades to go through that process to just get to where I could love myself. And I can only imagine what that could feel like for you. Was there something that really stood out to you when you were going through that, that really left a lasting impression on you? Was there somebody that really did something really bad that maybe 
reflected on maybe this is going to be a tougher road than I thought towards recovery? No one really did anything to me. It was just the judgment in general. It took me years to learn that if people are going to judge me, I don't need them in my life. Hmm. It took me years. I would come home from school multiple times a week for four to five years and burst out in tears, screaming and crying and tell my parents I should have died. I wish I was dead. I want to kill myself because I knew this world would be better if I wasn't in it. I thought everything would be easier. Little did I know, I didn't see that that broke my parents' hearts every time they heard it. I was just in in my own little world, feeling all of the pain, all of the heartache, all of the difficulty that I had to face on a daily basis. I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to this, you're listening to this for a reason. I want you to know that you are worth so much more than any of the people who may be judging you and you do not need them in your life. You are worthy of being loved and being in this world and you have a purpose. I didn't know what my purpose was at that time, but the voice in my heart that brought me nothing but comfort and peace was the voice of God saying, I have a plan for you. You can't stop. You have to keep going. I knew that if I had been able to talk to someone who had been through what I had been going through when I was going through it, it would have made a world of difference in my life. But I didn't have that. So I knew I couldn't quit because I needed to be that for someone else. Speaking of which, I mean, I know our listeners have already heard so much about what you had overcome at a young age. But if that wasn't enough, I understand that you went through a marriage that was kind of messy in itself and also lost your job and had other sort of setbacks. Can you just touch on some of those things that later on after you recovered or had continued to do the recovery process that really helped to motivate you into what you're doing now? Because, my goodness, I was literally just talking about an episode number 80. I had Lorraine Michaels on the show. We were just discussing that sometimes just the number of things that we go through, but it left people for dead. But yet they continue to keep going forward and keep being strong. And I just sense that there's just nothing that's going to stop you. But yet you had this happen to you. So can you describe a little bit about that for the audience? What got me through was the voice in my heart. Every night before I went to bed, no matter what had happened that day, I would pray to God, thanking him for my life and my blessings and asking him to lead me and help me to make the right choices so that I could help those he placed in my path. And I prayed for everyone in this world because what I was going through, I wouldn't have wished on anyone. My faith in walking through the doors that he has opened in my life, fully trusting in him and his plan for my life is what got me through. I graduated with my class by the grace of God 
went on to college, would change my major four times, going to school for eight years before finally graduating with my associate's degree in occupational therapy. It was when I walked into my first patient's room who had suffered a stroke and they told me that they couldn't do this. They couldn't get through the recovery. They had lost hope. The fact that I could sit across from them and share with them my story, that gave them hope. And they would hug me on the day I would discharge from home and say, Beth, I couldn't have gotten through this without you. Thank you. That kept me going. That was the first part of me discovering my purpose. I had the opportunity to move to Waco, Texas in June of 2015. God has guided my path for the last two plus decades. He will use anything to get you where you need to be, even online dating. I was on an online date in July of 2016 where I was invited to a church. I didn't know where this town was, this church was. It was in the suburb of Waco. I had heard of it and one of my coworkers lived there, but I didn't see God pointing me to that church, so I never went. November of 2016, I ended up moving to this town. Every time I passed the church, I would think of the invitation, see the gentleman's face who had invited me, but still didn't see God pointing me to that church. In January of 2017, I was in Walmart before 7 a.m. in the morning buying cooking ingredients to do a cooking task with my patient. As I am walking away from the cash registers, I hear a familiar voice talking to the cashier behind me. I don't know where I know this voice from, but I turn around and it was the gentleman who had invited me to church. Wow. I slowed down. I waited for him to catch up. We recognized each other. We did small talk out to our vehicles parked right beside each other. Saturday morning, I sent him a message in the dating app saying, I moved to Spring, Texas. What time is church? I have yet to find a church I feel at home at. It would be by joining this church that I would find friends that would become family, friends that saw me. This was the first time in 17 years since the car accident that I found a place where I really felt like I belonged. Two weeks after I joined this church, I found out they had to celebrate recovery. I didn't know much of what celebrate recovery was other than drug, alcohol abuse, depression, anxiety. And I knew that me sharing my story from the stage would bring hope and I would be able to help people. That's what opened the door for me sharing my story on a much bigger level. That's incredible because... For some people to get even that opportunity, which I do public speaking coaching amongst other things, trying to get broken into that market can be very tough because not only is it highly competitive, but you also have to have a unique niche sometimes to understand how to connect with your audience and also different people. But to hear this kind of fall on your lap, especially with the way in which God built that for you, is nothing short of not only interesting, but really is an important lesson for all of us, I think, as I'm writing this down and to share even later on. I think that it's so important to never lose faith in even the biggest of situations that might seem like chaos, to put mm -hmm. it bluntly. Beth, I really am curious. You could easily say, yeah, 
I am a victim of this and not give up and keep doing what you're doing and keep living a normal life. Why be a speaker? Why inspire others with what you've been through? It's so easy to just dismiss it and just say, yeah, I'm just like other people. I just want to fall into place with where everybody else is at. But you kind of resisted against that. What was your motivation? I was broken. I was broken. I was lost. I wanted to end it all. But I have a purpose, and my purpose is to provide hope to those who feel broken, feel lost, feel like there's no way to keep going. I'm supposed to inspire them. There are strategies that I learned going through the darkest moments in my life through the car accident, these strategies actually helped me in my marriage. I continued to do online dating and I would meet my husband in 2019 who had insecurities that he hid from me while we were engaged in dating. Insecurities that wouldn't come to the surface until five to six months, eight months into our marriage. God was continuing to open the doors for me to be able to grow as a speaker and mold my message and get it out there to everyone who needs to hear it. But my husband would tell me multiple times a month for over two years, no one will ever pay you to speak, to share your story. The only financial security that you will ever have is through your degree. But I knew better. God's voice was always so much stronger in my heart than his voice ever was. In March of 2023, I would have the opportunity to do a two-day speaking seminar where I would learn to outline my talk and be able to share it so that I could get paid speaking opportunities. This two-day seminar was going to get me a professional demo reel for my website to share with potential conferences and organizations that I wanted to speak at. It was going to get me professional pictures for my website. I had to get permission. I had to speak to my husband on three different occasions to get him to allow me to use my business money in order to invest in this opportunity. He finally agreed. After I shared my story in that five to six minute clip from that stage, everyone in the audience was crying. I was getting applause. I got a standing ovation. One gentleman stood up and said, you need to take your story nationwide today because you can help so many people who are lost in this world. I felt great. I went home. After the second day, my husband didn't even remember that I did it. At the end of that week, I would hear from that friend who invited me to church that I hadn't seen in over three and a half years, hadn't been close to in over four. He reached out to one of my best friends in Waco and asked how I was doing. He was the first person that God had brought into my life that I knew without a doubt saw me the beautiful person I was on the inside because he told me he saw the beautiful person I was. He would continue to tell me that 
through 2017 and through 2018 and not let me forget it. He was placed in my life to help grow my confidence in what God was calling me to do. On Monday, April 3rd, I would get a call from the speaking coach who did that two-day seminar where I was told that I was chosen to be gifted the scholarship for his four-month speaking coaching program to get me to where I learned how to get paid speaking opportunities so that I could share my story with many more people and help so many more people. I, I have to stop you for a second because you've seen my various reactions. I'm like all over this camera right now thinking, what the heck is happening? Because who would ever say to somebody else, me being a public speaking coach, mind you, why would anybody ever say that you don't have a story and that you have to be stuck in your degree that you've learned and your education that you got? First off, you blew my mind. It exploded, honestly. Just so that our audience understands this. This happened in the last year, correct? Yes. We got Holy married. Moly. <laughs> we got married in 2020. I would be told from 2021 to 2022, beginning of 2023, that no one would ever pay me to share my story with the economy the way it was. It was the enemy using my husband to stop me. My husband came home from work the evening of April 3rd. I knew that the conversation about the scholarship wasn't going to go well. I had fear. I was sure that he was going to make me cry. I made dinner. After dinner, I shared with him the story, how I got the call about the scholarship. His response to me was, until I see in writing that there are no fees involved with this, you are not allowed to do it. I immediately broke down, started crying. He glared at me and in a nasty voice said, why are you crying? And I said, because this is who I am. This is what God has called me to do. And now he's opening the doors for me to do it. And you're telling me that I can't. I knew in that moment, God has consistently used one person over and over again in my life since 2016 to always get me where I needed to be. He needed to consistently use that one person so that my eyes would be opened in this moment and I would see that I didn't make the best choice when I chose to get married. Now. I wouldn't be where I am in my speaking career if I didn't get married and hadn't moved to Dallas. But God brings people into your life for a reason. My friend that God has continually used was how he opened my eyes. I saw in that moment the manipulation, the verbal and emotional abuse I had been enduring for over two years. I realized my husband never saw who I was. And the one person that has always seen me, God used that week to open my eyes and I knew I had to leave. God moved mountains for me that week. I was able to, within 24 hours, transfer from the hospital. I was working as an occupational therapist in Dallas to their sister hospital in Waco. I was able to find an apartment I could afford. I did all of this in secret. 
I made my plan to escape. I had to protect myself because I had been living in constant chaos and confusion for all of our marriage. I lost my peace when I got married and moved to Dallas. I had grown further away from God because I had to work two to three days a week so that I could pay my half of the bills. And the only two days that I could count on were Saturday and Sunday. So I hadn't been going to church. I hadn't been feeling the Holy Spirit, which I felt every Sunday. As soon as I got back to Waco, I found my peace again. I'm sitting here and I'm like not only shocked that somebody would ever say to someone else, first off, that they don't have a message and not, I'm not going to pay you to give it this message because it costs money. But just the sheer fact that you're sitting here with straight face with me, like I'm determined to do this. I see that fire right now and I know that I can hear it from you as if, this is something that you were meant to do, whether that is God, whether that is some higher calling, whether that is something that has set you up to where you're at. It's something that even in the public speaking business, I like to call it not only your message or your story that you're selling about yourself, but it's really the punch. It's the punch in which that one sentence just radically shifts the whole audience into a completely different mindset. And that's literally what happened. I just got punched. I literally did. And not even up through the camera. It's one of those things that I sit here and I think about what I've been through to get to where I'm at today, Beth, which we were talking about a little bit before we started. It is so interesting that sometimes these waves of different things that have happened in our life get to where we ultimately need to be. And it's just, I'm amazed that you have still conquered that. Beth, we're almost at the end of our time. I, I can't believe that we are, but this is so impactful that I think there's many takeaways for it. But my final question to you is this. What if there was this opportunity to be a country singer? <laughs> Going back to that a little bit. Hearing everything that you said, if you were able to sing, do you think that it would make a big difference in how you communicate your message? Because even for my public speaking audience, I always think that it's really cool to be able to not only have this special talent that you share, but it's always cool to radiate in a different way that maybe people aren't expecting. So if you belt out a singing tune right now, this will be just the clincher to this overall interview. I'll tell you that much. But in all honesty, and maybe to rephrase the question, if you were given the choice, even with everything that you've been through, would you still be a public speaker or would you rather have been a singer? I would not change anything the last 23 plus years of my life. If I had made it to the country music stage, my life would not be near as rewarding as it is today. I'm still pinching myself. When I shared my story from the stage in 2017 and 2018, the people that would come up to me after they heard me speak would say how much hope I gave them. One night, there was a woman who came up to me and said, Beth, I wasn't going to come to church tonight, but something was telling me I needed to be here. I know now that that was God, 
I needed to hear your story because it gives me so much hope. Thank you. I am doing what I was called to do, and I wouldn't change any of it. I have learned to grow, become stronger, become the resilient woman that I am today by facing all of my challenges head on and not giving up. I encourage all of you who are listening I know it seems hopeless. You feel lost. You feel like you can't go anymore. You don't believe in yourself. I want to tell you, I believe in you. I know you can do it because whatever is on your heart, God put there for a reason. And I promise you, he has placed everything within you to make your goals and your dreams a reality, whatever is on your heart, you can do it, but you can't give up. I know you have what it takes. Definitely true words from a very appropriate podcast called Speaking from the Heart to be on to share that important message. Thank you for that. And either way, I think, Beth, you are doing your calling, like I said. I know that was sort of a foolproof question that maybe had an obvious answer, but I think sometimes we have to pinch ourselves to realize that we are doing what we are set out to do. And I'm really inspired by your story and what you shared. Thank God that you're here to be able to tell it because it is something of great significance. To wrap us up, I will give you the last few minutes. How can people book you as being an inspirational speaker? How can they contact you? I know that you do some coaching that we didn't even get into, but if they would be interested in something of that nature, I would love for you to share it with our audience. But I'm going to give you the last few minutes to go ahead and do that. The best way to reach out to me is to go to elizabethinspires.com. You can see all of my social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. You can send me a message through any of those platforms. You can also download my free strategy that I am offering to all of my listeners today. It is the EI method. It's one of the strategies that I had to learn facing the most difficult challenges of my life. I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't learned that strategy. In fact, I have created a 30-day course so that I can help teach these strategies to anyone who is struggling with anxiety and depression and is having a difficulty with overcoming. I want to help you to find your strength. I want to help you to become resilient, just as I have. These strategies work. I am living proof of that. You are living proof of definitely a lot of things, that's for sure. And I think that it's really impactful to hear all this. For those that are listening, Beth did give a free resource, which I'll put in the episode notes. Go check that out along with her website and everything she's mentioned. But, Beth, I want to end with this. It, it is always amazing to me that I'm up to episode 82 when we're doing this. And it's always been amazing to me just the number of guests I've had on the show that have talked about what they have gone through, whether it's going on a movie production set to going through drugs, going through domestic abuse going through some of the trials and tribulations of opening a business, even finding their voice to be a public speaker. 
But I have never encountered somebody quite like you that has gone through so many different things. Divorce, abuse, neglect, accidents, being on a recovery mode, still dealing with some of those things even to this day. But yes, still have the power and the will to change other people's minds, hearts, and souls with the message that you have. And for all those reasons, I really enjoyed what you've shared with our audience today. Thank you for being on Speaking from the Heart. It was really a privilege and an honor to hear your story. And I can only wish the best of success for you in your speaking career. Thank you very much for inviting me on. It was such a blessing to be able to share my story with your audience. And please, if you are feeling lost and if you can relate to any portion of my story, don't hesitate to reach out and don't hesitate to download my free strategy today. Thank you. Thanks, Beth. I really appreciate it so much. Thank you for your, what you shared today. Tragedy can strike at any time. And I think that no matter what you're going through, no matter what is broken and lost, you have to find a way in order to gain that strength back in order to gain that attitude of inspiration and hope so you can keep moving forward. Those are just some of the many lessons that I think we all heard from Elizabeth Meg's story today. And I really want to thank her from the bottom of my heart for being part of this show and just showing the fact that no matter where you are in this vast world that we live in, that there's a lot of different opportunities to learn about what's involved with just staying the path and moving forward no matter what circumstances take place. Now, I've had a lot of people on this show thus far in which we've talked about so many different things that have been challenges and obstacles, but nothing like a physical impairment, just like I had growing up as a kid, to shake you to the core and remind you of how many times it can be a challenge to understand and rediscover the ways in which when things go upside down, you know that you still have a place on this earth in order to find the ways to navigate through them. Which really leads into my first question that we should all start thinking about immediately. Is it better that you are not part of this world? Is it better that you are not part of this world? I think that we all want to say no. We absolutely don't want to say that to ourselves. I think that's an absurd question, Josh. Didn't you talk about this in so many other episodes? And yes, I have. But sometimes we have many people, whether we want to accept it or not, that have to ask that question every day, especially if they're going through some of the most challenging things, whether they're physically impaired, socially inept, or financially behind in their bills and obligations, then it might be better off asking that question more than anything else. But what if you lost everything and you just need to keep pushing forward? Could you do it? I think for many of us, we might not even be able to take on that question. It would be a struggle no matter what would happen, to try to address what those things are. And I think that we have to find the ways through the broken pieces that might be left, especially from a car accident in Beth's case, in which we have to find that purpose. But being told what you want to do in your life from somebody else, I think that even for my guest today, would say that that's not something that is entertainable in our lives. And I think that sometimes trying to address those big challenges that stay in front of us, no matter what those causes are, can create some of the most biggest ramifications that we often don't want to face. It's almost as if we're putting it off because we know that the decision that we're about to make 
might change radically the direction of our lives forever. I recently had that happen to me, in which I think that we all think about the ways in which we want to be the most encouraging type of person in the world. We really want to find the ways in which we can navigate all these different challenges and be our best cheerleader. Even if being the best cheerleader means being able to encapsulate that feeling of success, means that we often have to take a big step back and think about all the blessings that we have in our lives, in which sometimes there are too many to count. There might be even so many different things that are happening in our lives that really we don't know what to do with them. I like to call those things fame and fortune. Because if you think about it, some of the most successful people, especially in the United States and even abroad, if you're in my international audience, you think about all the celebrities and all the influencers that are on social media that are able to have that success. They're able to understand and capitulate all the different types of opportunities that they have, but they have a platform in being able to do that. While some of the Joe Schmoes, like yours truly, your podcast hosts, might have to resort to other devices, such as a podcast. With all joking aside, isn't it true that sometimes we're left with very little choice in terms of the options that we have available to us? While some people might think it might be as easy from going from name brand to maybe the cheap generic brand at the grocery store to buy our items, some people have to make the decision between what we can actually eat and maybe what kind of bill that we have to pay because of the limited resources that we have. And I think that is what the crux of this whole conversation today with Beth has really been about. Who is really opening your eyes? Who is saying no in your life and when you don't have the opportunity to really make that choice? Because some people don't even get to make that choice for themselves. There are other people that make that controlling factor happen in their own life. And I've had one or two guests, if you've been a long-time listener, that have had that situation play out in their own lives. And you've seen where they have come from zero to having it all because they stopped letting someone tell them what they are not. Beth went against the grain of society and said that I want to make that influence. I want to inspire others. I want to bring healthy alternatives to the table. That is what you need to be doing to be able to give yourself that calling of what you are potentially able to do. Be able to say to yourself, I am worthy, that I am able to make such a big difference in what other people are saying about me, and I'm going to dispel them no matter what. But I know that nagging question. Do I know my self-worth? Do I think it's better that I'm not part of this world? Might be some of those questions that you might be asking. And by all means, if you are having those sort of thoughts in which you want to act upon them, I still encourage you to call 988, especially if you're in the United States, or seek out your local health alternative in your country that you're living in and determine why you're thinking the way you are. Because I know that situations like this, the financial security, the ways in which your income might not be bringing enough in because of the vast amount of expenses that you have, in this world that we live in still plagued by inflation and all other troubles that we have in our lives, the things that we got going on 
that we might need that prayer to be sent to us. Those things in which we have to be able to understand what is it that we are able to do to have that significance in our life. It does take a lot of contemplation and a lot of strength to keep moving forward. I think the question really is, instead of asking yourself, why is it that I should live on this earth, should be, what purpose can I continue to have on this earth, given the God-given talents that I was provided? And I know there's going to be skeptics out there that say, Josh, why do you keep bringing religion into this? I thought you this is a nonpartisan, non-religious show. But the truth of the matter is, we all have some sort of faith whether we believe in religion or not, and the choices that we're going to make. And in itself, that means we have some sort of religious ideation. Whether you believe it or not, it's about really rediscovering those choices that we have in our lives that we continuously make, whether they are from the outside in or the inside out. We are making that conscious decision every single day. We, in other words, are trying to make the best version of ourselves come alive from the things that we do. But Beth challenges the status quo. And I think today we have to really think about what if we did lose it all? Will we have the faith that Beth has? I think that we all have those moments in which we fall down, but we need to get back up. It's almost like Rocky Balboa, the famous fictional character played by Sylvester Stallone in the five Rocky movies, plus all the extra movies thereafter that have talked about the importance of tenacity, to keep moving forward, to keep pushing even when you've been shoved down, to know your self-worth because sometimes the world ain't all full of sunshine and rainbows. We have to keep fighting, especially if we get knocked down. But being told what you needed to do and being told what you need to say means that you are a subservient to some other voice to some other pattern. And I think that you have to understand that there is much more in this world than just thinking that you are just a servant to some other whim. You do have a voice. You do have something that says something even stronger than what you are hearing right now. And if you are in that negative headspace, just remember that it isn't just about what you're feeling today. It isn't just about the short term but it's about what you're creating as your long-term success plan. And I think that you are able to make that success plan happen if you're just willing to stay committed. So don't wait. Fame and fortune is not everything that you need in life. I think that it's a lot more than just what is in the material sense, the physical interpretations of what we have. It's about what we're willing to do, even if we're broken and lost, to find our purpose. Because serving our purpose is what really counts the most. And I think that you all have purpose, especially in Beth's case, to keep moving forward. So dust yourself off, pick yourself back up, and keep on fighting. Keep on striving. Keep on learning. Keep on growing. And keep on keeping on. Thanks for listening to episode number 82 of Speaking from the Heart, and I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart 2.0.
to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.